time to power up. Power up. Autobots, roll out. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. All right, well, we're going to make this really simple, so uh, welcome to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. This is uh, Daniel, sitting here with AJ Davenport, or otherwise known as Greyhawk 4x4, or 4x4, uh, or however you want to say it. Um, for those of you that are turning in, you probably have attempted to listen to this interview twice now, or maybe once. And, well, the universe has killed our Pikachu and our TARDIS, and has just made it crazy, and we've had technical difficulties Unimaginable, but we are still bringing you the uh, the interview. So you know. we are not we are not we are not deterred deterred. We are we are daunt, we're we're going to go without uh, without fail. We're going to get this done. We are. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel horrible that this has happened. Uh, you know, we've been able to broadcast since 2009 successfully without any issues, and now two weeks in a row, boom boom, uh, technical difficulties without. Uh, fail. So, you know, AJ's been wonderful uh, to come back, and it really saddens me because last week's episode we had Jared, we had Jessica with us, and we were at AJ's house in his basement. It was amazing, and it was just one heck of a show. So, uh, unfortunately, that has been lost to the ethers, but we'll still talk about what we're we brought AJ on to talk about, which is uh, not only Greyhawk 4x4, which you do uh, at your home. Kind of, it's kind of a uh, renaissance game. You kind of talk about old games, right? Yeah, I, I call myself the uh, the resident vintage gamer. Okay. The vintage gamer, which is awesome. And then you also do uh, a beer Tuesday or something like that? I, 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 throw, I throw in a smattering of beer reviews because I, I love craft beer. So, yeah. you know, once I try to do once a week or once every couple weeks at least, I'll do a beer review, you know, and then talk about vintage gaming and every once in a while, just a little sprinkling of sports stuff, but only, you know, only if it, you know, stuff like the Super Bowl and that kind of stuff, you know. Cool. So, so uh, if you want to see Grey, Greyhawk 4x4, you can uh, look them up on YouTube, just Greyhawk 4x4, or at Greyhawk 4x4 on uh, Twitter, or the same on Facebook. So and Steam, and Steam, and Tumblr, and everywhere else. He is everywhere, <laughs> so uh, check that out. Besides that, which is pretty awesome in itself, you're also the project manager for um, TSR, which is returning uh, sort of from the ashes, I would, say, I guess we could say. Correct. We are. We are. Um, uh, my boss, Jason, has uh, started the, along with Luke and uh, Luke Gygax and uh, Ernest. Gygax Jr. Um, they have started up uh, the new TSR uh, using the name basically as a tribute to the original. Um, it is a separate, it is a new company. Um, so, uh, but they are, they decided to use the name as a tribute uh, because their father started the original TSR. You know, uh, at least for Luke and uh, and Ernest, 
their dad started the original, so they thought they would do that as as a tribute. And then they managed to get uh, a lot of the um, the old folks that used to work for the original TSR. They got them on board to start helping us with the products that we're coming out with. Okay. So and so you've got the Gygax magazine going so far, which is up to issue five right now. Correct, and we're uh, feverishly working on it, uh, issue six, so that will be uh, going out very soon. And uh, then starting with issue seven, uh, I will be the managing editor, so I'm actually learning the ropes as we speak. Nice. So now, kind of, the Gygax magazine kind of nods, takes a nod back to the uh, the Dragons and Dungeons magazines uh, from years past, correct? That that is correct as well. Uh, we even got uh, you know some of the old school uh, artists from back in the day that used to do the artwork, you know, for the old D and D artwork, and also did artwork for the old Dragon magazines and Dungeon magazines, you know, like Clyde Caldwell and uh, and those kind of guys. You know, uh, I'm, a couple of the other guys' uh, names are escaping me right now, um, but uh, yeah, we got some of those. Uh, Jeff Easley, he's another one that we got, um, that uh, have already done covers and, um, there's going to be, and the artwork has just been, uh, really, really reminiscent of the old Dragon magazines and, and the feedback we've gotten has been really good. Nice. Now, what kind of was the, the burn, the desire to, to bring TSR back? Because I know it was originally purchased by Wizards. And they've held the the license, so I'm guessing they let the license go or something like that. That is that's correct as well. They yeah they at some point the the name whatever the rights were to the name uh, Wizards allowed it to lapse, and uh, Jason uh, snatched it up, and um, here we are. And the the idea behind it, you know, why why to do it was that. Um, a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the old crew really uh, wanted to still make products uh, in the vein of the old school style modules and all that, and uh, and then also like with Gygax magazine, provide uh, continuing content for some of the older stuff. You know, they they're they're talking about you know there's Forgotten Realms content and there's uh, we hope to have you know down the road we hope to have some Dragonlance content and uh, we've had a Metamorphosis Alpha, uh, you know, some content for that. Uh, top Secret, there was actually a Top Secret module from the, you know, the old Top Secret role-playing game um, in one of our issues. So just kind of a, you know, the, that uh, desire to get back to the old-school role-playing and um, and then also helping to work with things like 5th Edition and Pathfinder to kind of uh, make some old stories available that will be compatible with with those game systems as well. Nice. So it's pretty much bringing those old stories, those modules and games, modernizing them and making them available to everyone then. Correct. And then through, like with the magazine, like I said, you know, content that for older older games that are, you know, even out of print and everything, like Top Secret and Metamorphosis Alpha... People that, you know, the old school uh, gamers out there that still enjoy those games uh, to provide them with some new content that, that has never been available before. 
Okay. So it's not just sticking to Dungeons & Dragons. It's going to go to other game systems. So we could see maybe content for, like, West Games, uh, West End Games version of Star Wars. You could see, yeah, anything is possible. We okay. could, you know, it just depends upon who we can get to work with us and everything and what game systems we can get some content made for. And, you know, I don't know if you remember the old games like Boot, there was Boot Hill and there was Gamma World and yeah. all those. You know, we'd like to see content for those as well, you know, that type of stuff. So, no, that's, that's pretty exciting to see some of those older games that, you know, we, we gamers may have books for, but we're not seeing any content coming back to us uh, or even new content for that matter. So that's kind of it. That's really exciting, at least for me to, to hear that because, you know, uh, you know, I, I've seen your collection um, and I know there's several other gamers out there that we probably have shelves full of game books and there's game systems we love, but there's no new content. And so we, we don't play those as often. So this is kind of exciting because now we can pull those games back off the shelf and, Maybe get people interested in them again. Yeah, and you know, I, you know, with the magic of things like Facebook, uh, I've seen, you know, on certain Facebook groups where people have post pictures of their game rooms as well. And I've seen, I can't tell you how many um, I've seen of these people that have collections the size of mine, and I've seen some much larger than mine um, oh, yeah. that that just that just blow me away, and they've got every. Every role-playing game ever produced, you know, I mean, it just blows me away. And so, you know, having a, a tool like, you know, Gygax Magazine as, a, as a, a quarterly gaming aid, so to speak, you know, where we can put content for those old games and things like that in there, as well as, um, you know, uh, articles about 5th edition and Pathfinder and those, those kinds of games. I mean, to me, it's just a win-win because you can kind of cover everything. Yeah. Well, I, and, and that's exciting as well, because, um, you know, with D&D Next, or not, excuse me, it's not even D&D Next anymore, I'm just so used to be calling it. So D&D 5th Edition is now out, and it's kind of revitalized the Dungeons & Dragons name, I, 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 I feel like, um, you know, because 4th Edition started kind of waning, even though they were trying to get new game, new players pulled in. I think 5th Edition really struck a chord with both old gamers and new gamers, and you've kind of mentioned that, you guys are working towards, you know, developing more stuff, even for that, and Pathfinder, which is exciting. Yep. So, um, you know, we and we want to be able, like, we have a board game for um, for uh, issue six. We had a contest um, and uh, a game um, called Draco Vallis won the, the the designer. You know, he won the uh, the award for you know the of all the submissions that were sent in. Uh, and so Dracovallis is going to be in, in issue six. Um, so even that type of game, uh, you know, tabletop, we like to call it analog games, you know, because uh, tabletop seems uh, almost limit, you know, like it limits it, you know, mm-hmm. to just the tabletop. But, you know, we say analog for for anything that uh, can use, you can use your imagination and, and so forth to enhance the game. And so, we're even trying to do stuff like that, you know, with board games and everything else. Nice. So, the term analog, I can't, that's that's interesting. Because, um, you know, when I hear analog, I'm thinking, you know, of like old phones and stuff like that. So, we're not completely digital. So, 
why why did you guys choose to go with the analog title i guess well, um, that that's another uh, nod to Jason. Jason came up with the um, the slogan "Analog Gaming in a Digital World," okay. and uh, okay. so you know where you see this renaissance that's going on, like say with board games that you know, like on YouTube, you know, you've got uh, tabletop with uh, Will Wheaton and everything, and and there's been this kind of a renaissance for board games where people. Um, are all getting back into playing board games and, and tabletop games and everything. And so um, Jason just kind of liked that, that that idea of using the term analog gaming in a digital world to mean, you know, getting people together um, to in a group to use their imagination and, and have fun as a group uh, without sitting in front of the computer, you know. And um, so that's kind of where it came from. Nice. No, I, I like that. Um, you know, we kind of... Unfortunately, with the show that was lost, we I mean, we had a great conversation about this um, because I think we really have lost that as a community with, you know, video games. Uh, you, you know, you log in, you're sitting in your chair at home, you're playing the game, whether that's, you know, uh, Destiny, Skyrim or you know, Halo or what, whatever. You know, you logged into the server and you're playing, you're fighting everyone. Yeah, you're kind of talking over the microphone, but you're not in the same room anymore. I mean, that's kind of what's been lost i think you know in the old days we had land parties you know everyone would bring their computer or their xbox and plug them in and you'd all be in the same room you'd be fighting and you'd be trash talking you'd be you know hitting the next guy with your elbow or whatever but everyone was having fun and laughing it didn't matter if you were getting killed like crazy everyone was having fun and that you know in D or role-playing games sitting at the table is the same experience so i i like that yeah, and, you know, for an example, you know, when he came up with analog gaming, he said, you know, what he told me was he said, you know, not not all uh, analog games are played at a table. So take, for instance, charades or categories or anything like that. You know, you're you're not necessarily at a table, but you're it's still what we call analog games. Yeah. You know, it's, it's getting a group of people together to have a good time, you know, and, and play some kind of game, you know, so. Very nice. Now, kind of take a step back uh, with... With Fifth Edition Dungeons and Dragons, uh, they're pretty new, and, I, and they're not a D20 system. It's kind of their own creation. Now, is that going to cause any issues with legalities or anything like that uh, with you guys creating modules for them? I know Pathfinder is kind of an open source thing because it is D20, so that's not an issue. But with Dungeons and Dragons, that might be. Right, and and we are uh, working with Wizards right now, trying to get a deal for our future, you know, D&D products um, to be official, you know, licensed uh, products and then be able to carry the logo and say official D&D product, you know. But even if we do not strike that deal, uh, we can still make the module using the the stats in in the module and everything. We can make it compatible with 5th edition and we can say, you know, requires... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition Player's Handbook and Dungeon Master's Guide to play, or we can use the terminology compatible with. We just can't say it's an official product. Oh, okay. For DMV. So, yeah. So either way, it'll still be compatible. It's just whether or not will the branding, how the branding will, and the language will be, and all that. Well, I mean that that's awesome. So there, there's definitely a way to still see content come out from you guys and be able to play it with your 
fifth edition game if that's what you're into or whatever other game systems you guys are are able to work out. So that's that's exciting. So where does so now that you've got TSR back, you've got the the Gygax magazine g- going. It seems like the machine is rolling there. You got five episodes er, issues out. You got six coming. You're going to be starting on seven. Where do you guys go next? We have um, we've got a couple of uh, modules that are in the works. One by Luke Gygax, and we've got another one by Frank Metzner that are both in the works. Uh, we have a, we have a, and I didn't talk about this on the episode that was lost. I'd forgotten about this, but, uh, we actually have a big project that should be due out, uh, the end of this year that I, unfortunately, I cannot talk about. All I can say is that it is a big project. Nice. And, um, there'll be a lot of, there'll be a lot of people excited about it once we're able to make the announcement. So. Okay. We also have, um, we actually, we're working on an app uh, that's going to uh, initially go out for i you know for iPhone, and then down the road we'll get it you know for Android as well. Um, that will the way that I uh, describe it is it'll be kind of like uh, how your Steam interface is for your library of games on on the PC. Um, it'll kind of be like that. Uh, for board games and and t- tabletop games uh, that will be able to be used in conjunction with your local game stores and all that. So basically, uh, you will if you sit down to a game of it could be a game of Magic, it could be a game of Axis and Allies, it could be whatever it is. And we're going to have a database on there of all these games, and you can put down uh, when you played, who you played with, um, you know who won, and you can keep keep track, you can keep tally of your victories and all that type of thing, and um, and then where you were. What, if you were at a game store, if you were at somebody's house, then that type of thing, you keep all that data on the on the, the app. And then, you know, down the line, we, we we're going to add some other functionality as far as trying to do maybe matchmaking type of thing where, like, if you want to find a game of whatever, you can type it in there and see, you know, within how much distance there's a, there's a game that's going to be happening, you know, at, at such and such, you know, game store or whatnot. Um, you know, right now, I don't know if you're familiar with, there's a, there is a program, um, called meetup. Uh, yeah. have you used? Meetup? Okay. And so uh, at some point we want to add that functionality into our app, um, of being able to get people together and so forth. But initially it'll be to track your gaming, uh, track your victories, um, uh, track your gaming collection, whatever you know, that type of thing. Well, that's that's pretty cool. So, yeah, you'll be able to kind of track. And now, is it going to track? Say, let's step back. So, if you go play a D and D game, is it going to track your character, or is it just going to track the fact that you've played D and D X number of times in the month, or or or, or things like that? Or is it uh, initially it's just gonna it's just gonna track your gameplay. Okay. Um, but you know, the sky is the limit down the line of what yeah. functionality we can add. You know. No, that 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 is pretty cool, and I do like the fact that you kind of have that kind of that like meetup type function eventually, where you're gonna be able to go in there and you're gonna say, oh hey look, there's guys playing uh, a game of Firefly on Wednesday nights at this game store or Pathfinder at this one and. You know, and if that's what you're interested in, it's not going to be too difficult. 
You know, you can just pull up the app and, okay, hey. And maybe it has, uh, is it, I, I'm assuming maybe it'll have the information of that gaming group, like an email address you can maybe email in and say, hey, can I join or something like that. Or, yeah, I, I, that that uh, the specifics of it, because I'm not the one working on it. I can't. I don't know about you know that kind of detail, getting into that kind of detail. But I'm assuming that if it isn't, if it doesn't have that functionality, that it will at some nice. point. Nice. Well, that's that's further down the road. So that is exciting when that happens. So we'll have to talk more when that comes out because that I mean that's going to be really, really cool. Uh, that's going to really enhance, I think, someone's experience because then you can go in and you can, you know. I have some buddies that, you know, I, I, not to harp on, on wives, so excuse me for anyone that gets upset. But, you know, I do have some buddies that are like, oh, man, you're always playing that game. And you're always gone with your friends. I mean, this is a way you can pull up and say, look, I've only played, I've only gone on game like twice this month and haven't really done. Oh, wait a minute. Look, look at all these board games I've been playing with you lately, you know. So, right. So, and, yeah. and like, uh, I can't, I can't think of the name of the, um, the Star Wars miniatures game, uh, it, the name escapes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for instance, for that, you know, you can track your victories. You can track, you know, you see what your record is. Nice. Um, I know a lot of guys go to game stores and play those, you know, the, the, those um, miniatures games so they can keep track. And, you know, it's kind of a thing where, like, you know, on Steam, um, you know, you've got, you know, on Steam, you've got Steam levels, you know, and you level up by getting different achievements and things like that. And, um, at some point, we'll probably have that in, in the app as well, you know, so. Cool. We'll have to suggest some achievement levels. That would be awesome. Yeah. No, I, I you know. Yeah, we, it, could, we, could, yeah, we could even do, we could even do like a Dungeon Crawlers radio, um, you know, uh, um, particular achievement, you know, that you guys came up with that you guys submitted or something like that. You know? That would be awesome. You've unlocked the Dungeon Crawlers achievement. That would be awesome. No, I, that, that, that's, that is pretty cool. You know, it, this is kind of exciting. You know, I first got in to, to role playing through TSR back in the days with you know Second Edition D and D, uh, and it's really, at least for me, it's kind of cool to see TSR is back. Uh, nothing against Wizards, but I, things kind of felt up until now, you know, things kind of felt like it was more of a they didn't care about the gamer it was just marketing and a product and let's just get it out there and make money i know that that mindset has changed now which you know thankfully it has and you know fifth edition i love but that little that era between second and fifth it really felt like me as a player didn't matter and i'm sure several others felt that way and so we kind of missed and reminisced about TSR and really missed that and it's it's exciting to see that come back even if it is more of you know a tribute to the old TSR because it it can't be the old TSR but it is fun to see the Gygax magazine and the things you guys have in the works right and you know like like you're saying about the tribute to old TSR I mean in one of our issues I don't remember what issue it was in but we had um you know uh Ernie Jr. Uh, and uh, Benoit Poiré, um, they create, you know, they created this uh, hobby shop dungeon um, for the issue, and 
they're actually working on, you know, a much larger version of it. But what they had in the issue is kind of a throwback to the 1970s when uh, they actually had the hobby shop in Lake Geneva. And, and that was the, you know, that was the game that they played there at the hobby shop was it was called the Hobby Shop Dungeon, you know, so. Nice. Now, where can our listeners find uh, the new TSR? Is there a so, website? Uh, if, if- if they go to TSR Games, uh, we have right now we have a sign up for our newsletter and all that. But if they want to find um, the easiest way to find what products we have right now, Gygax Magazine. And you saw the poster that we've got, the cosmology poster of, of role playing games. And uh, we've got some t shirts and things like that. Um, if you go to GygaxMagazine.com and click on store, that's where you'll find. And that's where you can subscribe or you can buy individual issues. And, and the other products as well. Okay. Very nice. And again, I mean, they can find anything that you put out uh, and by Greyhawk 4x4. Uh, just search by that name on Google and I'm sure YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and that. Steam and oh, yeah. everything will come up. Yep. And then basically, yeah, I've, I've just done, you know, I've got my YouTube channel. Um, where I've got, I don't know, 250 or so videos that I've done on everything, you know, from from the, you know, beginnings of D&D to uh, I, I, did a, I did one video just about uh, the history of the D&D uh, computer games, you know, starting with the, the Intellivision, you know, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons for Intellivision. I mean, all the way up to uh, what's going to be coming out later uh, this year, I think, is Sword Coast Legends, which is... And then they just announced for Baldur's Gate, they just announced a, a new expansion for Baldur's Gate, if you can believe that. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, even like this today, um, I was just looking through the news, and Steam, uh, actually, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, number two, that's, I mean, it's been years since it has come out, is, has, they've just released an update for it. So I saw that. Yeah, been some really cool stuff that's happening there. So uh, I think these older games are kind of getting back into the limelight. You know, Final Fantasy VII's getting remade by PlayStation and and Sony. So uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll see some some cool stuff coming back, or maybe these older. Well, games. I think we, I think we live in the golden age of of nerdity right now. I yeah. mean, seriously, you know, between all the between all the the comic book movies being made and the renaissance of board games and Dungeons and Dragons, and and then you've got things like good old games. I'm sure you're familiar with good old games where mm-hmm. you can go and buy all the old, you know, older, you know, um, computer games and things like that, you know, for for like five bucks or whatever. I mean, we just kind of live in the golden age right, right now. Yeah, yeah, that, that's for sure. And well, not only that, I mean, you just jump onto Amazon or Google, and you know, you can search and find almost anything. And it's at your house within days. You know, you really don't have to leave the comfort of your own home to find stuff. I suggest you go to a game store because uh, that's where you actually find out more information on the games. But uh, it really is. I mean, you don't have to go very far. I mean, even here, you know, in Utah, but unlike everywhere else, there are so many conventions that are now cater to geeks. I mean, just. Yep. Let's say, let's just roll back 10, 15 years ago. There really wasn't that many options. You had San Diego Comic Con, you had New York Comic Con, 
uh, Emerald City Con, and you know, a few others here and there. But you but really now they're now they're sprouting up everywhere. Yeah, it seems like almost every major city has one now. Um, yes, it makes a lot of money, but there there is a fan base, which is the reason it makes lots of money. People will come, and they will see everything, and they'll spend their money. Um, you know, I know several authors personally that they would rather go to conventions than do book signings because book signings, yes, it's really cool. They get to meet, you know, the the their readers, their fans, and they maybe sell a handful of books. They go to a convention, they st- they do the same thing, meet their fans, sign books, but they generally sell everything. I mean, they they sell books like crazy because people come to those things ready to spend money uh where you know compared to a book signing you know it's not really about buying the book it's more meeting your your favorite author so yeah um, and you know i i believe there at some point and i don't know exactly when that point was but at some point uh, i think that the the studio executives and you know investors as a whole the light bulb kind of went off and they said hey wait a second Geeks spend money. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to spend a lot of money on stuff that they love, and it yeah. kind of the light bulb went off, and that's when and that's when you started seeing all this stuff because it was like, you know, I, I don't know how old you are, Daniel, but I remember you know when Star Wars came out, and I was just oh, a yeah. little kid, you know, and yep. and everything, and there's been never anything like that. I don't. That, at that time, they no one ever thought that anybody would spend money to see that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, there was kind of a lull, you know. At, you know, once, you know, once the Star Wars franchise kind of stopped for a while, and everything, and 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 you know, there was kind of a lull where we didn't have. A, and then I think it was probably about the time when the first Spider-Man movie came out, and, and I don't know what year that was. It might have been two thousand two, and they realized how much because that money that 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 movie made a ton of money. It did. Like the yeah. opening weekend, it broke it broke all kinds of records and everything. And I think that's kind of right about the time when they started saying, "Hey, wait a second, um, the, the geeks are all right. That's a market that we can make a lot of money with. You yeah. know, just like they've done with kids, like with, with all the cartoon Pixar movies and everything else. And they realized, oh crap, you know, you make a movie for kids." They'll drag their parents there, no, and the parents don't have a choice, and they got to go. They finally realized with geeks, if we make it and we make good products, they're going to spend their money. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I, I remember going to, uh, you know, see those old Star Wars movies, and, uh, you know, I remember sitting on my uncle's lap watching Empire Strikes Back and then sitting up on his shoulders, you know, during Return of the Jedi. And, you know, we went as a, a family, you know, and... I remember those magical moments. I mean, Star Wars was amazing, and still, I'm still a huge Star Wars fan to this day. But you know, it has it was rough, you know, being a kid because one, you know, being a geek or a nerd or whatever phrase you want to call it, wasn't really popular at that point, um, and there wasn't really a lot. Yeah, we got to watch our cartoons, you know, and and that was great. But it's, you're, I think you're right. It was. A, Right after, you know, around 2002, 2001-ish, where something seemed to change. And not only that, you know, being a geek in that, with I would say within the last five years, has become more sociably uh, the norm and acceptable. I mean, go to these conventions and you see, 
Yeah, the nerdiest, geekiest guys in the universe running around with football players, uh, yep. cheerleaders. I mean, everyone has their own little realm of geek. I mean, you got football players that are like geeking out because you know. I mean, let's let's use Sandy uh, Sully Comic Con that's coming up this September. Where they've announced that Chris Evans is going to be there, I guarantee you, there's going to be tons of guys there that want to meet Captain America. Yep, and, absolutely. And you're going to have everything from little kids to geeky guys like myself to football players to old, you know, you know, older people that you know have been reading Captain America since it came out in the late '50s or, or even what early '40s when Captain America came out. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes, you know, because it, it, it we've gone from oh D and D we can't tell anyone that we're D and D players that we're hiding in our closet in our basement that everyone does it. I mean, Vin Diesel just had a birthday. Um, yeah, and and I saw the birthday cake. Yeah, <laughs> the birthday cake. I mean, whoever I, I don't know who did it for him, but literally they designed the cake to look like the Dungeon Master guy. The the um, Monster Manual and the Player's Handbook. That yeah. is amazing, and you know, and he does not hide the fact that he plays Dungeons and Dragons. Um, well, I remember, I remember in junior high school. I remember being in the library at lunchtime, and we decided that we were going to start playing a game every, you know, every lunchtime we would go to the library and we would play a, um, a quick game of D and D, and we just started a campaign and we would just continue it every day, you know. And the first time we went in there. And started playing. We were quiet. We made sure to be quiet, you know. Um, the librarian came over. I'll never forget this. The librarian came over to us, and she kind of figured out what we were doing because she saw the dice or whatever, and she kind of figured out we were playing D&D. And she said, um, I, I, I really appreciate you guys are being quiet, but I just got to make sure you guys aren't going to be burning candles and matches and stuff, are you? Yeah. <laughs> They, they, she thought we were going to start fires or something, you know. You're going to start a seance and summon a demon. Yeah, and and that actually happened to me. And and then I also remember with like comic books, I remember that if you if if kids at school, you know, knew that you were a comic book collector, you know, that that I mean, the ridicule would be you wouldn't live it down. You know, oh, yeah. it's like you comic book nerd. You know, I mean, it was just ridiculous. And now. Now, if you have a comic book collection, you know you're you're somebody's hero because somebody comes over and goes, "I want to see your collection. I can't I can't believe you got that issue. I can't believe you got that one." You know yeah. that type of thing. Well, no, I mean I I've been a huge Superman fan um, since I read my first comic uh, what in third grade, and I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't let anyone know that. I, you know, I kind of hit it. Uh, you know, and in sixth grade it was. When Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kind of hit, and every, I had a couple of friends that were really excited about it, but yeah, I mean, we didn't really talk about it. It was like at recess, we'd get kite over in the corner, and we would bring, hey, look, did you see this issue? We didn't really talk about it. Um, but now it's like, yeah. You know, and now it's one. It was one of the biggest movies of the of the last year. You yeah. know, I mean, <laughs> my you go into my closet and most of my shirts are Superman or The Flash or Batman or Star Wars. I have more geek shirts than I have normal shirts. And and that's cool. That's acceptable. No one says anything and no one cares, um, which is – it's just awesome. It, it's, it is amazing. You know, as far as the movies, I mean, it's great that we're see- finally seeing these tr- characters 
true to who they are on the big screen. I just have to question when is that, when are we going to hit, you know, that that downward spiral where yeah, when's it, when is it going to hit when is it going to hit critical mass, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm sure that that's coming at some point, and and hopefully they'll let us down soft. You know, they'll kind of wean us off softly. It won't just kind of fall off the off the ledge. You know. Yeah, I mean, I hope so too, because I mean, we we've seen it with zombie movies. We we got bombarded with zombie movie after zombie movie, and then it it's gone. I mean, I haven't seen a zombie movie. I think World War Z was the last zombie movie I'd. I've seen, and even then, that one was really far apart from the one before that. But it seemed yeah, like for a while there, it was like every other month we were getting hit with a zombie movie. Well, and and that just that's kind of a testament to uh, to how well done, in my opinion, The Walking Dead has has been done. Because if it wasn't as good as it is, I think it, you're right. I think it would have just it would have went by the wayside. The viewership would have went down and everything else. But because of the the quality that it is, that it, it has been, it's it's withstood that that falling out, you know. Well, and I also think Walking Dead has an advantage over most zombie movies because it is a TV series. You can delay those stories longer um, and put in that drama and that stuff that really draws you in. Where you know a movie, you've got that two hours to get you know get your right. point, get it done, have it, and then the end. You're done. Where that you know, TV series, you can drag that out. So I think with well, yeah, and, and a good example of what you're talking about, I guess would be you know Marvel Agents of Shield because mm-hmm. because that started out really slow. I mean, it, it was not a well received show at all. No. And and I stuck with it. I was like, you know, I got it. And a lot of my friends just said, this this is crap. We're not going to watch this anymore. And I stuck with it. And it started getting really good. I mean, episode by episode, it was improving. And now I think it's bad. I think it's got a really big fan base now. I think you know. It's- yeah. Well, and I think what Agents of Shield's problem was was simply that it was too tied into the movies, but we didn't know that. So right. those first seven or eight episodes we were watching were like, okay, what the heck's going on here? Didn't make much sense. Winter Soldier hit. Then the Hydra story locked in on the TV series, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, okay." And then, but like, but like your point was, you know, that having a weekly series like that gives you that opportunity to develop that. Where, yeah. like you're saying with a movie, you don't have that luxury. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it definitely has improved. It's got. I would like to see it succeed. I just, unfortunately, I don't think Marvel has the same magic when it comes to TV series like DC does. I mean, DC just seems to be able to hit it out of the park with their their TV series. But I did it. I did enjoy Agent Carter. I did. I Agent did Carter was amazing, and I'm I'm glad yeah. they decided to bring it back. Yeah. So, and I I kind of like how they're all tying. You know the, you know the Agent Shield, Agent Carter, the movies. Kind of all is gelling, you know. Yeah. Kind of like that. So. All right. Well, um, we're, we're running out of time here. We should probably wrap this up. But uh, you know, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks again for putting up with the crazy uh, quirks and technical issues. But uh, <laughs> definitely uh, for the listeners out there, check out Greyhawk Four x Four. Check out AJ and what he does uh, on Steam, on YouTube. Follow him on Twitter and Facebook, and not only that, we're going to be uh, 
because we've mentioned his, you know, his lair, his uh, which is Greyhawk's Tavern. Um, we're going to be showing that on the next episode of Fandom. Uh, we went in there, we recorded, and pretty much showed what this looks like. I mean, seriously, Jared was just ooing and aahing, and he, he didn't want to leave. Um, so you guys will be able to check that out. Uh, plus, Jessica talked with AJ a little bit as well, just kind of what we've already talked about. So you'll get a recap on that. You get to see the awesomeness that's in his in his tavern. And as always, uh, you know, thanks again for coming. I appreciate. On, it. On the thank show. you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yep. And uh, go run out and find Gygax magazine now. Uh, you guys, I'm sure you can pick it up on uh, Drive Through RPG. Is it available anywhere else besides there? Uh, you can get it uh, through our store, um, and then um, some of the back issues um, you can get through Paizo. Um, nice. So uh, there's many places, and then uh, some local game stores have have ordered it and have it. You know, they keep it on the shelves and everything. So it's just a matter of which game store you go to, whether or not they've got it. But if not, you can always get it online. So or demand that your game store brings it in. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. At that, it's even better. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, you know, thanks again for coming on the show, uh, and we will talk some more. Okay. Thanks, Daniel. All right. See ya. See ya. All right. That was AJ Davenport, otherwise known as Greyhawk 4x4. Check him out online. Like him on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter. And check out Gygax Magazine. Uh, you can find it online, like you said, at uh, DriveThruRPG or on their website. Or... Go to your local game store. If it's not there, have them order it in. So, uh, really great guy. Uh, great, great opportunity to uh, see some of your old games come back uh, with at least modules or reviews and stuff like that. So, um, we're excited. So, we will be back next week. Uh, we won't be doing a show this Thursday. Um, unfortunately, with the technical difficulties, we're making sure things are lined up, making sure everything's back to normal, and we will be returning on July 30th uh, for our show, and then gearing up through the month of August for Salt Lake Comic Con in September, as well as the Salt Lake uh, Gaming Con that's coming up here, as well as check out Fandom. I mean, we just release our we release a new episode every Monday, um, so check that out, and then of course we'll be uh, featuring Greyhawks Tavern. Uh, this next week. So, with that said, you know, thank you for always tuning into our show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, check out our YouTube channel, like fandom, follow us, like us there, subscribe to our show, and we're just going to be bringing more awesome stuff your way. And, you know, all I can say is very soon you may see, uh, you know, Jessica, Jared, and myself flying a starship. Just saying, just throwing that out there, uh, as well as some other amazing stuff uh, coming your way. So stay tuned. Tune in next week, and on the July 30th, we're going to have lots of fun, and then check out Monday's episode of Fandom. Until then, we'll see you later, and get more from your games. <laughs>